I feel like this episode is is going to have a lot of social commentary to it, just based off of what the core of this is about. But let me say, before I jump into this episode, let me just say this. In the midst of the pandemic, teachers, tutors, I feel for y'all. I do. I know there's a side of that job field that I couldn't possibly relate to or even imagine because it's fucking nuts, especially with the online classes and trying to get these kids to log in and pay attention and sit still and shit. Listen, I get it. I understand. Now, whether those teachers are parents or not, the the idea of dealing with everybody else's kids has got to, you know, want to make steam come out of your fucking ears. You know, it, it'll turn you into that. What was he? The, the the police chief from Last Action Hero, where every time he goes on his rants and he screams Jack Slater's name, uh, you know, he starts steam starts coming out of his ears in one scene. And I can only imagine how many times y'all want that to happen, but y'all don't want those true colors to be shown. I get it, man. I sympathize with y'all. Hang in there through the midst of the pandemic. It, it's going to be all right. You guys, will, I'm pretty sure, hopefully sooner than later, knock on wood, y'all will get back to normal quote-unquote teaching methods and in-person teaching methods because i feel like that's probably a lot easier to get kids attention face to face as opposed to trying to get everybody in the brady bunch squares on a zoom chat you know to pay attention at once now let me just drop a little bit of knowledge on y'all really quick i have a confession to make there was a very short-lived moment in my life where I had aspirations to possibly be a teacher, not just any old, you know, I loved English class so much. And my high school English teacher was just one of the dopest human beings. Shout out Don Miller. Um, the, the, like I really told myself, I said, I love English this much that if not a teacher position later on in the future, then possibly a tutor position later on in the future, pun intended. But you know, I, like I said, short lived. It was a nice little gesture. It was a nice thing to think about, to think of like a career in teaching. And, and But it's like, eh, I feel like once I'm done with school, I just want to be done with it completely, like and have no ties to it whatsoever. But then I, on top of that, the short lived aspirations to maybe be a teacher or a tutor. It wasn't until I became a parent, you know, my daughter is six years old and my experiences with my own kids that's a, or kid rather my that is an experience on its own so for me to deal with somebody else's kids no mm -mm. because I, I, this thing everybody else kids ain't, ain't, ain't you know they play too much and i ain't gonna play with y'all that's my thing and i i have a very short temper not necessarily with children but I know when children are trying to try me and I don't like it. It's very like I'm not. That's a whole nother rant. It's a whole nother age bracket. But the kids don't know to stay in a child's place all the time. So fuck that, man. I'm not going to I don't play with everybody. Kids, man. I really don't. I don't even like babies. I never liked uh, I don't babysit anymore. But it's like I used to babysit, uh, you know, some of my friends, kids when they were younger. That's actually cool because it's like all I need to know is bottle formula at this time. This and that uh, SpongeBob at this time, blah, blah, blah. At that time. Cool. Run down the checklist. It's all good. But these kids in these movies, though, they I don't know if everybody has been taking notes from like class of 1999 or something. And they just want these toxic punk kids who just want to murder and destroy and just cause destruction. They these movie kids are on a whole nother level, man. You know, and it takes me back to this Mike Epps sketch where 
he it, it was a comedy sketch where he was impersonating Dr. Phil and his name was Dr. Phil Good. And he's like, I want to talk about these badass kids. He said they're skipping school. They're smoking dope. They're having sex. Like he he was going off. It's funny as shit. Dr. Phil Good. Uh, Mike Epps sketch. If y'all want to check that shit out, it's hilarious. But I really wanted to talk about these movie, these kids in these movies, not necessarily kids. They're teenagers, but they're still kids nonetheless. But these don't be, these motherfuckers don't behave like kids do. Oh, no, 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 no. Because this is a movie now, whether these were loosely based on true stories or whatever the case may be, this shit is unacceptable, people. That's right. This is where I put my foot down, both of them. I get my stance, I get my feet planted, and I'm like, fuck these kids, man. Now, basically, what I'm going to do here is... I'm going to break down several movies, not necessarily break them down, but I'm going to break down uh, basically the, the, the kids, the group of these little sons of bitches, children of the corn, village of the damned, demonic entities in these movies. And I'm going to just I'm going to talk about the plot a little bit. I'm going to talk about the characters. I'm going to talk about the core, basically the kids who are the core here or teens, whatever you want to classify them as. And I'm going to ultimately answer the question could i deal with these kids that we are talking about from these particular movies on screen now i will tell you i would inspire this episode um a couple like a month or so ago i went back and watched 187 with um with samuel jackson it's probably one of samuel jackson's most underrated movies and performances ever i love that movie it was always really dark to me and when i saw that i was like I wonder how these kids would go up against the kids from that movie or the kids from this movie or the kids from that movie rather. So I said, you know what, instead of me doing a review, maybe I'll save the review separately, but instead of me doing a full review for 187, I said, I'll just talk about all these badass kids in, the, in these movies, man. And I feel like it's, it's well-deserved because some of these teenagers in these high schools, we may have forgotten. This is not all CW Dawson's Creek shit, people. There's way worse shit going on in these schools. I'm about to mention and just, you know, a student sleeping with, uh, their, their, their fine-ass teacher who looked like the chick from Dawson's Creek. Uh, what was her name? The chick Pacey was Tamara. When Pacey was sleeping with, uh, the, the, the blonde, I think it was a blonde haired teacher named Tamara. He was sleeping, whatever. That's not the case, people. There's a lot of shit going on with these kids, man. And we're going to get down to the nitty gritty and find out if we, not we, but if I could survive and deal with these kids. Now, number one was a movie that I actually, I had to do my entire list over because I forgot that this movie technically falls into the category in which I'm talking about right now. And number one is actually Lean On Me, which came out in 1989. It was directed by John G. Evildson. Hopefully I'm saying that right. It was written by Michael Schiffer. Now, Lean On Me is a classic, man. A uh, classic movie. I, I loved it growing up as a kid. It has a lot of feel-good moments. It's got a lot of sad moments, but it's like an enlightening, um, uplifting movie in, in, in certain scenes. And it actually was based on a true story. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, you know, I don't want to be wrong about this, but I really want to say Joe Clark actually um, passed away in real life, who was the character that Morgan Freeman was playing. So if that is indeed true, rest in peace, shout out to, uh, crazy Joe Clark. But, um, you know, he was played by Morgan Freeman. Um, I can never pronounce this actor's last name, Robert Gilome. I know I'm saying that all wrong, but he basically was, um, the voice of Rafiki, I think in, in the Lion King, he's been in a whole bunch of other movies, but lean on me. He's always, I always look at him from Lean On Me, and he was, um, you know, Morgan Freeman's right hand man in the in the movie. Michael Beach is in the movie. Who um, actually, you know, I can't say in this movie he ain't shit because in every movie he's in, that's black cinema, he ain't shit. Michael Beach is he ain't shit in First Sunday. He ain't shit in uh, Wait and Exhale. 
he ain't shit in Soul Food. He ain't shit in Aquaman. I'm pretty sure I said this before, but that is the role he gets in these movies. He ain't shit in Deep Blue Sea too, but he gets a pass because that movie ain't shit. So we ain't gonna talk about that. Tony Todd is in this movie. He plays kind of like uh, Morgan Freeman's head of security. Beverly Todd, Jermaine Hopkins, who played uh, Steel and Juice is in this movie. It's a really good cast. I'm pretty sure there's other people in this movie that I'm missing. But uh, the plot basically, you know, Crazy Joe Clark comes back to uh you know he, he he comes to he comes to east side high and um he sees that things have changed things have changed drastically over the years at east side high it's a really rundown graffitied up school the kids are selling dope they're cutting class and they, they they're, they're letting drug dealers in at the back door and stuff like that it's insane so basically it's all about it's about the kids and the in the in the supporting cast but it's about joe clark just trying to be this uh this messiah if you will to these kids man he's got to get them past the minimum basic skills test or whatever that test was called um he, he wants to see these kids graduate like i like the character of joe clark because he actually gives a fuck about these kids and he sees stuff that these kids don't see in themselves there's a good scene that he has where he's talking to the spanish guy kid ray and he's like you know mr clark i'm done with school man i think it's just time for me to move on and he's like you'll be dead in a year son you'll be dead in a year and that's a really sad scene because he knows that if that kid drops out of school he's going to be in the streets he's going to be selling drugs and he's going to ultimately end up getting killed and it's a really good scene joe clark is a really good inspirational figure in this movie now that raises the question how bad are these kids these badass kids how bad are they in my opinion, these kids are bad at Eastside High, but all they need to do is just learn some shit and they'll be fine. Like I said, you've got kids that sell drugs in this movie. You've got kids that are uh, young girls that are pregnant. The chick that plays uh, Kanisha, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was on Malcolm and Eddie and um, uh, Fresh Print. She was the one that was hitting on Will when she was supposed to get married to Jazz. She's pregnant. I'm pretty sure there's a couple other pregnant girls in there. You've you've got the bad apples. You've got the songbirds cutting class and going to the bathroom and all that type stuff. The kids are bad as shit. But other than the one kid who's drug dealing at the at, at you know at the lunchroom door or wherever he's at, and he pulls a knife out on Mr. Clark and gets his ass knocked out to the ground. Other than that guy, these kids aren't really all that bad. I feel like if you just put them on a straightaway, like a straight and narrow path, and and tell them like, listen, you're not stupid. You're not criminals. You're not badasses. Y'all are good kids. Y'all just need to learn some shit and sit y'all asses down somewhere and go to class and y'all will be fine. I feel like these kids are not all that bad. Um, you know, when I was a kid and used to watch this movie, yeah, these kids were the baddest motherfuckers ever. But now that I, you know, as I got older and I looked at Lean on Me, I'm like, nah, these kids are kind of, some of them are kind of soft. They're not who they appear to be. They just feel, they probably feel like that's who they have to be in order to survive in Eastside High School. Like, even the smallest characters, like, um, uh, uh, Jermaine Hopkins' character, what was his name? Sa Sam's. Thomas Sam's. He gets shoved in a locker during the, during the opening sequence. You know what? I'm tripping because I just remembered that opening sequence where they're playing, um, they're playing Welcome to the Jungle, and that one teacher gets his fucking head bashed against the lunchroom floor until, like, blood comes out and he rushes out on a gurney. Yeah. Some of these kids are bad as shit. I take back what I said, but that raises the other question. Could I deal with these kids? Now, put me in Joe Clark's shoes. The late, great, crazy Joe. I feel like, yeah. I feel like maybe I would catch a case. And I say that because 
as soon as a student decides they want to swing, then it's, you know, you know, I'm no, I'm no longer looking at you like there's an age bracket, young boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to put you in this headlock and I'm going to talk to you while I'm doing it. Hopefully, you don't, you, you know, everything doesn't go black for you, but I'm going to put you in this headlock and I'm going to let you know, like, listen, I don't want to hurt you, but I will. Now, this ain't about me and you because, you know, you got a basic, a minimum basic skills test next week. You don't want to miss that test, bro. You don't want to miss that test. I feel like I could deal with these kids to a certain extent. Kids like that, the ones that swing and the ones that pull the knives out, yeah, I'm going to have to have some security or they might have to get fucked up. Like, I'll probably haul one of them lunchroom chairs at you and then just rush you after that when the knife hits the ground. And I don't want to do that. But I feel like overall, my chances of dealing with kids like that if I were a teacher would be pretty, pretty decent because they weren't murderous. They weren't murderous teenagers at the end of the day. So a lot of them were good kids. You see, they were causing a stir outside of the uh, the jail that Joe Clark was locked up in and they were they were chanting free Mr. Clark free Mr. Clark so these kids had a lot of heart behind those uh behind those tough exteriors man so you know shout out to the east side high you know uh alumni and all that shit number two uh is actually one of my favorite uh teachers in way over their heads with badass kids movies Dangerous Minds which dropped in 1995 it was directed by John Smith and um it was written by Ronald Bass now Dangerous Minds, of course, is headlined by Michelle Pfeiffer, who does an amazing job in this movie. This is one of her best roles ever. This and Catwoman for me uh, in Batman Returns. Yeah, definitely top two roles for Michelle Pfeiffer ever in life for me. I don't they made a TV show based off of Dangerous Minds, too. I think ABC back in the day it used to come on and they tried to cast this chick that was like a knockoff Michelle Pfeiffer. And she had like the same color hair, except it was short. But they tried to make her all edgier and cooler. It was really short-lived. It wasn't too good from what I remember. I stick with the movie. Courtney B. Vance is also in this movie. He plays that asshole principal where he's just like... Goddamn, I just had a brain fart moment. What is her name? Um, Miss Johnson. He's like... uh, She walks in his office and he's like... Miss Johnson, this is an office. We knock before we walk into it anyway. Like he's just Courtney B. Vance just seems like he's high or drunk the entire time. You got Wade Dominguez in this movie, Renali Santiago, who, if I'm not mistaken, plays um Raul. And he also was in uh was it Hackers with Johnny Lee Miller and Sam uh, uh, and, and um Angelina Jolie and Tin Tin from The Crow. I'm pretty sure that's the same actor. And uh India Harris was in this movie, who was also in Juice that she plays uh Raheem's you know, um, Raheem's girlfriend, I think her name was um, Keisha. Keisha was her name. Now, the plot for Dangerous Minds is um, Luann Johnson, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. She would love nothing more than to be a high school teacher. And she gets her position at, um, is it it's Lincoln or is it Parkmont? I can't remember because there's a mention of two high schools in um in, in this movie, uh, there's a mention of the high school the kids go to and the high school that the, the crackhead shorty goes to, the one that ends up killing Emilio at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert if you have not seen it. But basically, Luann Johnson is way in over her head. She's got a, you know, it's the same premise. She's got a bunch of shithead kids who she could give a, who could give a fuck about her. And she tries to be that nice, quaint, you know, um, sweetest pie teacher. Excuse me, but she can't do that. So there's a guy, I can't remember the actor's name, who tells her, he's like, listen, you said you wanted to teach Luann. What else do you want? She's like, I can't teach them. And he's like, all you have to do is get their attention. So she comes to school the next day with some with some leather boots on, some jeans and a, and a leather jacket. She puts her feet up on the desk and she's reading. I think she's reading My Darling, My Hamburger, whatever the reading material is for the class, um, for, for the curriculum that year. But she comes in there and she ultimately wins these kids over. And what I like about this movie is that Michelle Pfeiffer 
you know, favoritism, it exists. It's not a good thing in, in a lot of cases, but it does exist, man. But she shows favoritism to a lot of kids in this movie. Raul, Gusmaro, um, Angela, Emilio, Darrell, Lionel, they, um, Callie. There are certain kids in the movie that she really takes a liking to, um, especially the kids that win the contest to, to have dinner with her, even though it ends up being just Ra her and Raul. But they also have a really good scene um, where... He, he, I think he said he had to pay like $300 to pay the jacket off or something that he got from a guy. And he's like, I got to pay him back. I got to pay him back. Miss Johnson, he'd kill me. And she looks at him like, no, I'll give you the money to pay for the jacket. In return, you have to make sure that you graduate. And he's like, but what if I don't graduate? And then she's like, well, then you've broken your promise and you fucked up or whatever she said in the, in the you know, in the, um, in the restaurant, man. I also like the interaction with, with her and Emilio, because no matter how hard Emilio tries and no matter how hard he tries to act she ultimately makes Emilio cave in and he's you know he's like I come from a broken home and we're poor he's like I, I watch the same fucking movies you do man like that is a really great scene between the two and then when Emilio starts participating in class all the kids follow that he's basically their ringleader now there's the question how bad are these kids these these kids are, I will say this Dangerous Minds, these kids are depicted to be bad as fuck, but these kids are not as bad as the East Side High kids. Yeah, you've got some kids that peddle drugs for certain people and this, that, and the other. Of course, there are kids in, uh, that, that, are, that, are, that are sleeping with each other in that class, obviously. But um, I feel like these are the better rounded bunch of the two. You know, if I got to compare these to the East Side High kids, I do like these kids a hell of a lot better. Um, they chase off every substitute, but I feel like... Luann Johnson, the character of Luann Johnson was, she was finally the teacher that was like, you know what, I'm going to give a fuck about y'all like nobody has ever done before in, in the entire time y'all have been going to this high school. And when she does that, the chips kind of fall into place and the kids aren't, you know, they're not bad anymore. Even when she finds out somebody wants to kill Emilio or when she finds out Emilio, Guzmaro and, um, and, and Raul are, are, um, you know, are involved in drugs and they owe each other money and shit like that. And they have that, you know, they had that big ass fight in the locker room. Even after that shit dies down because she, she visits people's houses and stuff like that. Talks to their parents. She thinks she's doing good, but ultimately she does. She ends up doing a little bit of bad to, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Darrell and Lionel, the twins who are actually producers. Now I think they're, I can't, oh my God, I can't remember these dudes names, but they're producers. They're like method man and red man's old school producers. But Humble beginnings for them in this movie. Now, like I said, I was getting sidetracked. Like I said, these kids are bad, but they're not that bad. They're not as bad in comparison to the East Side High kids by a long shot. And once you get Emilio, and Callie actually was the one that put that little gem in Luann's ear. She said, uh, Ms. Johnson, if you want to get the class to listen, get Emilio. And then uh, Mich uh, Mich I almost called her Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Pfeiffer's like, I'm going to get you, you little fucker. And she ultimately ends up doing that. Now, that being said, could I deal with these kids? Absolutely. You know why I feel like they love English. They love when she's like, so never, what word is never? Which word is homeboy? She's trying to get everybody to say what's an adverb, what's a pronoun, what's a possessive pronoun and shit like that. I love that scene where she's she's tossing out candy bars for giving out right answers and shit. Then when she finally pulls out the uh she pulls out the the copies of the 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 uh what is it the, the 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 dylan thomas uh poem you know mr tambourine man she pulls out copies of the poem she has them read uh you know from from certain books and stuff she has them do like i love it 
I just love the fact that she uses the ex- the extracurriculars to her advantage and she's like yo these kids are really sm- uh, smarter than they think type of thing which is always the case man uh, it's it's not always a case of you know just misguided youth and people just not being able to 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 make it and prosper and stuff like that so yeah hell yeah i could absolutely deal with these kids in dangerous minds i think i would show favoritism to some of them too man because they were they were cool when you scratch past the, the the surface material man when you finally got to know those kids r.i.p to my nigga emilio he obviously didn't make it um until that you know he he got taken out by the crackhead shorty at the end of the movie it's a really sad scene but what's even sadder is the reactions um uh michelle pfeiffer gives when you know angela asks her she's like is it are you leaving because it's too sad what happened to emilio and then she kind of takes this pause and she like she starts like like crying she doesn't want to let it out but then she admits it she's like yeah but then they convince her to stay so yeah i could definitely deal with these kids and if anybody has not seen D- dangerous minds i highly recommend you check it out it is a 90s gem a lot of good movies in the 90s man i think the majority of these that i'm going to mention take place in the 90s especially the next one let's jump a year later to 1996 for my number three pick which is the substitute <sighs> man this was directed by Robert Mandel, and I, you know, I had to, I had to exhale really quick and take that deep breath because, the, the, I'll get into it. But these kids, man, not only is this movie vicious, this is one of my favorite uh, '90s action movies. But these, these kids are some motherfuckers, man. But this, this script was written by um, Rocco Simonelli, uh, Roy Frumkes, and Alan Ormsby. I think Alan Ormsby is one of the writers either one of the writers or directors that was behind the popcorn movie i actually did a review for that movie once and once and once upon a time ago many moons ago if y'all want to check that out now the substitute tom berenger stars in this movie he is the titular character uh, i think i think his name is um he says his name is smith uh in the movie but his name is actually uh shay now, Ernie Hudson's also in this movie, Glenn Plummer, Louise Guzman, um, William Forsythe. It's a really good cast, man. The the, the kids are, ca- and Mark Anthony's in this movie. He actually plays, um, goddamn, give me, give me two seconds, people, and I will tell you right now. Juan Lacus is his name. Mark Anthony plays Juan Lacus, the gang leader of the KOD, which means the Kings of Destruction um, in the movie. The one lady, the one librarian, she calls him Cod. I love it because she's like trying to talk shit about him when they're in, the, um, you know, they're in the teacher's lounge. But basically, the plot for this movie is you've got a, um, a ex Merc who is Tom Berenger, who there's there's um there's basically what happens. There's a there's an attack on his girlfriend. I can't remember the name of the actress, but she is in uh, the movie Heat. And there's an attack on his girlfriend. And basically, there's something that can be linked to this school drug wise. So he knows that somebody's peddling drugs out of the school, whether it's the kids, whether it's the staff. And he's like, listen, I'm going to infiltrate this school. And he's telling like this to his Merc friends, William Forsyth, Louise Guzman, stuff like that. And he's telling his friend. Also, Raymond Cruz plays one of his old war buddies in the movie who's an underrated actor like a motherfucker. But, you know, he's telling his buddies. He's like, listen, somebody's moving the drugs in this school, man, and I'm going to find out who it is. This is the job that we got. William Forsythe's not with it, but, you know, ultimately the rest of his buddies go in with them. They they pose as janitors and electricians and shit like that. So it's a really it's a nice little con that they do to try to, um, you know, to try to figure out to get to get down to the nitty gritty of what's going on. Now, with that being said. How bad are these kids? Listen, I love this movie, but when I say these kids some of these kids in this movie can go straight to hell 
I'm so serious. Mark Anthony, he's a great artist, man. I don't really frequent his music. I'm familiar with some of it, some of the older stuff. Great artist. But as far as the character he plays in this movie, this dude is a... This bull is like Satan incarnate in some scenes. When the teacher's... Her name's Jane Hesco. That's Tom Berenger's uh, character's girlfriend. And she's like, I'm speaking to you because you are a smart individual and I wish you would look me in the eye and speak to me like I'm a person. And he's like, well, you're no person to me, bitch, so back the fuck off. Because if you don't, you fucking wish you did. And it's just like, damn, dog. Like, she's trying to get you out of this crocodile sweatsuit that you got on right now. Like, you, you, you're, come on, man. You're doing too much and Mrs. Hesco is just trying to help you. Now, all of these kids aren't bad. I will say that there are there's the character uh Sharon Corley plays Jerome and Sharon Corley plays uh also plays Jason from uh, New Jersey Drive. You've got the Spanish girl Lisa Rodriguez who's in there. Those are really the two standout um students and characters that you see are the ones that have the good hearts and they are the the you know the heart of the bunch basically. There's a scene where you know uh Tom Berenger he's like Jerome I need you to lead the class. Uh, I need to step out for a little bit. I need you to teach and he's like, are you fucking with me? He's like, no, I'm counting on you, son. Like, he's got faith in him. And he sees that he can be that guy. And that's really about it. There are other, like, extra characters playing the um, the, the, the students in his class that, um, that they have in there. And some of them are decent. They like to learn later on in the movie. Even the ones that he fucks up. Because he fucks up... Uh, two students in like one scene there's a scene where some you know somebody throws something at him his first day there but his second day there somebody throws a soda can and he catches it really fast balls it up and throws it right back at the kid's head and puts a little knot on his head so when he tries to swing at him tom berenger grabs him and, and um you know and uh and, and puts him on the puts him on the floor and he's like yeah you stay down there till it's spotless so he walks up to the other guy can't remember the other guy's name but he is actually played by the guy who played uh rodimez and juice and he's like yeah hand over the ice pick and then he he doinks him in his chest he's like this ain't your class i carry what the fuck i want man and he he breaks his finger he breaks his finger and then he puts him down on the ground but even those two kids are participating in class as the movie goes along the only person that's really being a dick is um a couple of the gang members that we we see pop up here and there and Juan Lacus for the most part because he's still being a sarcastic asshole. He can't even really spell that great because he makes him write I'm sorry a hundred times on the board and he's spelling it all wrong and shit. And um, but these kids, these kids are bad as shit, man. And what makes matters worse, these fucking kids are not only they're not only drug dealers, they're not only fucking murderers, they're not only terrorizers. But they're working with the staff and the principal. Ernie Hudson is in on this shit, too. Ernie Hudson is the proprietor of Doom in this movie. He is the head honcho who's responsible for all the drug and gang activity that's going on. He's basically like the puppeteer. He, he's, he, you know, he's pulling every, he's one, he's the one who's got, um, you know, the, the rank there. And, it, you know, it's, it's kind of cliche for the principal to be that guy. But Ernie Hudson sells it so well, man. He, he's an underrated actor for one. But I think he plays a really good villain, whether it be, um, you know, whether it be this, the substitute, whether it be uh, uh, Sugar Hill, he was also the villain in that movie. But, you know, could I deal with these kids? No. I Listen, sign somebody else up for it. I'm not doing it because if I, you know, if I wasn't like doing an infiltration thing, then nah, I would, you know, I would go right to uh, Ernie Hudson. Like, look, bro, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this, man. You don't even have to, uh, I don't need to put in my two weeks. I'm out right now, today. You won't see me again after this. And then he'll probably be like, well, are you going to box up your blood? No, I'll keep it. 
Keep all that shit, bro. I'm not coming back up in here. Everybody's tagging KOD on everybody's cars and all this crazy shit. The, 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 what is it? The math teacher or the gym teacher? Glenn Plummer's character? They shoot his ass in the fucking gym. They stab him when he's trying to climb the rope and escape. They're, they're terrorizers. They terrorize teachers. They put white out on Miss Hesco's, uh, the lock for her car door. So it's not, it wasn't an automatic lock and unlock. They, she literally is trying to chip away at it while they're closing in on her, talking about some, yeah, where you going, Miss Hesco? Let's, why don't you come with us? Why don't you stay and have a beer with us and all this shit? These, fuck these kids, man. Fuck them all. Two good kids don't make up, you know, one bad apple spoils the bunch, they say. I'm sorry to categorize, but they, listen, those two kids, uh, 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 Jerome and Lisa Rodriguez, that they, they don't, I'd be like, listen, I fucks with y'all. Let's do lunch sometime. I, I think y'all are really great kids, man, but the your, your other class, your fellow classmates, I can't fuck with them. Nope. I love my life too much, man. They was up in the library trying to kill the librarian. They were going to kill her ass. He, what did uh, Juan Lockett say? He said, kill this bitch and split. I want to make sure this guy's really dead. And they were going to shoot the librarian. And I'm like, yo, these, these kids don't give a fuck, man. But speaking of not giving a fuck, I don't think the kids from the substitute had anything on these kids I'm going into for number four, man. Number four is what inspired one of the main things that inspired this episode, 187, which came out a year later in 97. Uh, it was directed by Kevin Reynolds. It was written by Scott Yeagerman. Now, whoo, 187, man. Samuel Jackson, of course, is the lead role as... um. You know, he plays, uh, they, they call him Mr. G, but his name is Garfield and that. Uh, Kelly Rowan from Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh is in this movie. John Hurd, uh, RIP, shout out to him, who played the dad in, uh, he played Peter McAllister in Home Alone. Clifton Collins, who is such a great actor and a comedian. He could play a Caucasian guy. He could play a Spanish guy. He's a straight up chameleon, man. Love him. And he, he's, he's so great in everything I see him in. He's really great in this movie, man. He's vicious in this movie. And Lobo Sebastian's in this movie. Lobo Sebastian is one of those actors that I feel like a lot of people don't know his name, but a lot of people recognize his face. He's in, um, you know, he was in Ghost of Mars. He was the one that cut his thumb off when he was getting high off the la the, the black market breather. He was also in, um, he, he played Rhino in, uh, what's that movie? Next Day Air. And he has very few lines in that movie, but he's a brute. He's a presence, man. Now, let's talk about the plot for this movie. Now, Garfield, played by uh, Samuel Jackson, he has always been a teacher. I love this. There's an opening sequence where he's riding his bike over the bridge and he's riding his bike inside the school, down the steps and stuff. And what's the name in that opening sequence where he's riding a bike in the school? Antoine Tanner is in that movie. And how fucking long has Antoine Tanner been playing a high school student? This motherfucker was in Sunset Park. This motherfucker was in 187. This motherfucker was in Coach Carter. Like he was been playing a high school student forever, forever. Great actor, though. So it was good to see him. And Guy Tory has a cameo in that movie, too, uh, in the opening scene. And uh, before I talk about the plot, one of the things I love about this movie is that the opening sequence is a it is a flashback sequence in a way because it's showing you what uh, this guy Garfield endured during his uh, his last experiences of teaching. And then, you know, the, the cinematography is very blue. And then when we flash forward to the now, you know, the present, the cinematography is very like like kind of brownish, orangish, if you will. And I love that it looks like two different two different movies for the most part as far as like the visuals go like i said the cinematography is something i feel like is very slept on and i'm starting to appreciate it more and more every movie i watch even if it's a movie that i go back on and i've seen years and years ago or plenty of times i'm starting to love like color schemes and palettes and stuff like that but 
basically long story short he was a good teacher he had the attention of the class even though the class could get rowdy at times but there was a student who I think he failed in class and that student was played by Method Man so he failed him and Method Man's character kept writing 187 in all the books basically and he went to you know the principal or whoever was in charge and he's like listen 187 is the police code for murder is there any chance that this kid won't fucking murder me you know do you care about what's going on or do you just want me to shut up and do my job but what ends up happening is Method Man runs up on him straight up prison style with a poker and everything or was it a uh I don't know if it was a was it a screwdriver or an ice pick or something he ran up on him with or a nail a long ass nail or something but he either way he prison shanks that motherfucker Samuel Jackson up against the wall multiple times and just runs off Samuel Jackson survives and he lives to teach again but this school he's teaching at now he's really got his work cut out for him and these kids are not only fucking bad these kids are murderous these kids are gang members um what is the name of their their the uh, KOS I think it is and he says KOS stands for capping off suckers you know whatever K is obviously a very special letter to these high school kids KOD KOS King of Prussia I don't know doesn't matter but when when Samuel Jackson gets a whiff of how crazy these kids are, they steal from them. You know, they 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 they're abusive towards the girls in there. They 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 fuck the girls in there. They it's, it's drugs, it's murder, it's guns, it's gang activity, it's everything. But when he notices just how insane these kids are, the twist that this movie this is a this is a horror movie. People make no mistake because Samuel Jackson goes straight up vigilante rebel. Oh, I can't teach y'all. I'm going to kill y'all type of shit. And if I don't kill y'all, I'm going to maim y'all. Or I'm going to fuck with y'all enough that it's going to be so psychologically damaging that y'all won't know what to do. There's a scene where um, uh, Clifton Collins' character, uh, Cesar, he is drunk as shit. And he's walking under the bridge, you know, and, and uh, you know, where him and Benny and everybody hung out. Now, he's already killed Benny at this point, uh, Samuel Jackson. But Cesar's walking under the bridge and a fucking arrow filled with a, syri a syringe that's attached to an arrow goes flying in his chest and he just passes out he wakes up without his finger Samuel Jackson just simply cut this motherfuckers finger off and then when he's telling the people like the cops and the people in school he's like yo I know he did it I know he did it and they're like yeah you're full of shit Cesar fuck out of here but when the, the next time we see Cesar he's got like the, the you know the the thing the banded the cast on his hand he's got the splint on his shit where his finger has been attached back on and Samuel Jackson's doing nothing none other but having a session about what makes your fingers move and he's like say sorry you in the back make sure your those fingers are moving and he's got everybody moving their fingers and I'm like this petty Murphy Samuel Jackson is in this movie man but he goes full-on vigilante, man. But these kids are murderous, man. They kill Kelly Rowan's dog. They hang him from the from, from the gate in her backyard. They're doing all kinds of shit. They're trashing the classrooms and stuff in retaliation. Now, there's that question again. Could I handle these kids? Fuck no. I'll go teach the kids in the substitute movie on hopes and dreams and running on fumes. I'll do that before I would ever attempt to handle these kids for one i don't want to die two this is going beyond putting hands on somebody when your life is threatened you have to really think to yourself like yo this person doesn't give a shit about my life or theirs so it's either going to be me or you and it ain't going to be me it ain't going to be me i promise you that i promise you that so hell no nah, i would not be able to handle these kids now there's a few kids in there there's the girl of uh, the spanish girl was she on steve harvey no she wasn't on steve harvey 
she actually was the mother in uh, Crash, the one that ran out when the little Spanish girl got shot or when she thought she got shot. And she's like, Daddy, I saved you with the invisibility cloak. Nobody can shoot you that way. She was the mom that ran out there and she plays the Spanish girl here. I can't remember her name in the movie or the actress. I'm so sorry, but she's cool. But she does not compensate for the fact that these kids are assholes. These kids are murderers. These there's a spot lower than hell for the kid for the kids in this movie, man. That's how wild they are. And that's why I said this movie definitely classifies as a fucking horror movie, because anytime a teacher has to take matters into their own hands and start killing these fuckers or severing limbs and appendages off, something ain't right, man. Something is not right. It's not right. Fuck these kids, man. I will not deal with them kids from 187. And if you don't believe me, I recommend you watch that movie and tell me your answer. Because I guarantee you, it'll be the same. Unless you tell me you're going to nuke the classroom, get all the good kids out and nuke the, the, the capping off suckers gang, then I don't want to hear it. Because these motherfuckers, they, they, they are all out of sorts. Now, let's let's go to, to lighter times. To lighter times here. Uh, pun intended. Number five is actually lighted up. Uh, 1999 this movie came out this is actually one of my it was one of my favorite movies to come out of 1999 even though I watch it now and some of the acting is kind of it's kind of cheesy and choppy but whatever overall I do like it it was written and directed by Craig Bolton and um, this movie stars Usher uh, Robert Richard Rosario Dawson Clifton Collins is back again um, this time not playing a psychopathic skinhead Fredro Starr is in this, Sarah Gilbert from uh, 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 Roseanne is in here, Forrest Whitaker, Vanessa Williams is in this movie, Vic Palizzo is in this movie. The cast is really, really solid in this movie. I really enjoy the cast overall. Now, the plot for this movie is, you know, you've got your school. It's not It's not really, uh, Glenn Thurman's actually in this movie, too, because it just, it just dawned on me when I was about to talk about how dilapidated the school is becoming. Glenn Thurman is the principal, and when Judd Nelson, who also plays a teacher in the movie, he's like, I need to take these kids somewhere, man. It's freezing in my room, and Glenn Thurman's like, well, just get them out of here, man. Take them anywhere. Just get them out of here. But, like, the, the school's all fucked up. They don't have heaters. The windows are bust all open. They barely have books. Somebody said, we should burn the books to get some heat up in here. One of the kids says, uh, in the background in one scene, he said, it's so cold I can see my sentences. Like, this shit... The school's fucked up, man, and they don't like funding the, the, the school and what the kids need. It's nothing uncommon that what happens in public high schools nowadays, and it's really fucked up, but it's really relevant because that's what it, it still happens today. Now, basically what happens is you've got Judd Nelson as Mr. Knowles, and uh, his favorite student is Usher, of course, who plays... Lester. He plays the character of Lester. And Lester is going through a tough time because his dad's case, you know, his dad was killed by police. So he's got a thing about police and security and everything. So him and Forrest Whitaker get off to a bad start already. But Lester is highly favored by Judd Nelson. That's his favorite student. And he's just like, yeah, my dad's case isn't going too well, blah, 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 blah. He's like, look, man, he's like, we'll shoot some hoops. We'll get something to eat afterwards. You see that Judd Nelson is that teacher. He reminds me a lot of Robin Williams from uh, Dead Poets Society, which I did not put on this list. But, um, I, I, I really like his character. So he ends up taking the kids out after Glenn Thurman says, listen, take them anywhere. I don't care where you take them. He ends up taking the kids to a diner and he's, you know, he's telling them like, yo, for a burger and fries, who can, he's still going on with his lesson, but he's doing it in a way they can have fun. They can eat. He's like for a burger and fries, who can tell me this answer? So a gunman walks in with a shotgun and Judd Nelson actually knows him. So he knocks the dude out, saves the day. They end up firing Mr. Knowles for endangering the kids. And the kids actually go rebellious. They go rebellious and they're like, no, we're not leaving until we get Mr. Knowles back. And he's like, all right, you're suspended then. And you're suspended. You're suspended for being with him. And long story short, I can't draw this out anymore than I already have. Long story short, um, 
what happens is Ziggy, uh, Ziggy played by Robert Richard, ends up shooting Forrest Whitaker when he's being apprehended. He's telling him, you know, trying to take him down to the office. Robert Richard is like, yo, I can't go home. I can't go home. My father will kill me. And he ends up shooting accidentally, though. He ends up shooting Forrest Whitaker in the leg. So they get all the students out the school. So who's left in the school is Usher, Robert Richard, Rosario Dawson, Clifton Collins, Fraser Starr, Sarah, Sarah Gilbert. They hold Forrest Whitaker hostage to the point where shit has gotten so real. SWAT teams are surrounding the school, helicopters, and they start asking for demands, you know, but they start asking for reasonable demands at first. They say they need books. They need to fix the windows and chemistry class or whatever it is. We want Mr. Knowles back. They are giving reasonable demands. Granted, they might spend life in jail after this, or they might do some football numbers or something like that in the pen, but they're they're not stupid kids and i like that about them um i, I like that usher is the ringleader uh, i like that fragile star is the rebellious one robert richard and, and usher are like the best friends in the movie usher's trying to hit on rosario dawson's character uh clifton collins is you know he's like the high -o. He he's always trying to get high there's a scene where he's like putting salt in his gums just to try to get some type of buzz like and, and it's just weird and Excuse me, Sarah Gilbert is the one. She doesn't want anybody to know she's pregnant. And she's like the outcast type of type of character. So they all have personalities. I think the characters are written really well. Even though I said the acting throughout can get choppy at times. But the um, the, the characters are written really well. There's not a dry seat in the house. There's not a one-dimensional character for, for, for me personally. And um, that raises the question. How bad are these kids? Uh, I do not think these kids are bad at all. Even somebody like... Um, I cannot remember uh, Fragile Star's character's name, but even him in the movie, he's not a bad character at all. I feel like these kids were placed in a position where some of them had their backs against the wall and they just had to do what they had to do. But the other ones were just there by default, you know, and maybe somebody was just uh, Sarah Gilbert's character is there because she was in the bathroom or some shit when everything was going down. She doesn't know what the hell is going on. But. I don't think these kids are bad at all. There's um there's a scene where Rosario, uh, not Rosario Dawson, Vanessa Williams, who plays like a detective or something, she's actually talking to Vic Palizzo's character or somebody else's character, and she's like, she's like, um, Lester, his GPA is such and such. These seem like they're good kids. So what could have went wrong in there for these kids to you know hold a hold a security guard hostage? Even Forrest Whitaker knows that these are not um these are not bad kids. He knows. Even there there's a really great scene at the end of the movie. Um, where they're they're having a standoff on the rooftop. It's not really a standoff, but uh, Usher's got Forrest Whitaker at gunpoint on, on the rooftop, and Forrest Whitaker's basically like telling him like, "Yo, this is not what your dad would have wanted," you know. And there's like a big monologue scene where Usher is talking about how his dad gets killed by the cops, and they, you know, they're say he's saying they never said they were sorry. We see that flashback sequence, but it just gives you. I love the scene because it gives you a bigger glance into the fact that Lester, that's not who he was. And he just did what he felt as though was right, even though it probably landed him in prison after that. But the kids are not bad. So with that being said, could I handle these kids? Absolutely. Because once you get that gun out of the mix, there was one gun literally through the entire movie. Once you get that burner out the mix, these kids, they need their asses kicked, but they're cool. They're cool kids after that. But you know, I don't know. I might have some, some, some reservations about that because even, you know, gun or no gun, Fragile Star was trying to get it. He's like, yo, let me hold on to the gun, man. And then Usher's like, nah, dog, I can't do that. He's like, let me hold on to it, man. You ain't busting that shit. Because, you know, Fragile Star has no off switch at all. But he's a goon in the movie. But I say I need, I have some reservations about whether I could deal with these kids. Because Fragile Star might have to get put in, like, in, 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 like, isolation or something like that. Maybe in an isolation tank 
maybe some restraints because when he couldn't get a gun and when he found out that the SWAT team was surrounded and had plans to break into the school, this motherfucker starts making Molotov cocktails and shit in the hallway. And he's literally posted up in the hallway making Molotov cocktails, taunting the SWAT team members. But with the exception of him, I know I'm being a little biased here because I said one bad apple spoils the munch prior. But I feel like they're all good kids because, you know, what's the name? Uh, Virgil Starr at some point towards the end of the movie where they say they do this. Where are they now type of thing? He actually, you know, when he got locked up, he actually found like Allah and stuff like that. And he became very enlightened. So it's good, man. The kids all had. I mean, Robert Richard's character, Ziggy, somebody had to die. So he got caught in the crossfire. He caught that. He caught that stray bullet. You know, that was probably meant for, for somebody else. And, you know, some somebody had to go. But Ziggy's memory lives on. You know, they, he, they had a whole little room upstairs that Ziggy made. And he was like, yeah, this is my place. This is where I come to meditate and smoke weed and do ecstasy and all this fly shit. He didn't say all of that. But I'm just saying, that's um, that's how that movie ended. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really, really good movie that came out in 99. Again, another movie on the cusp of the millennium that was actually a banger, man. An underrated banger. Now... Lastly, my last one is a movie that had to go on this list, but I'm kind of pissed off because I don't watch it enough. Um, and being as though I am a writer, I feel like I'm doing myself such a disservice by not watching this movie enough. And that is 2007's Freedom Writers. Now, Freedom Writers was written and directed by, um, let's see if I say this guy's name right, Richard Lagravens. Hopefully that's his name. Now, Freedom Writers, I don't quote me on this. I think it was based on a true story. Hilary Swank is the lead role. She's the teacher in here. Patrick Dempsey's in there. Scott Glenn's in there. Mario's in there. April Hernandez. Deance Wyatt's in there. The The plot basically for this movie is is very much the same type of formula as uh, something like Dangerous Minds. Uh, because it's not as harsh there's like gang violence and these are troubled kids so to speak in this movie i'll get to the kids in a second man but it's basically hillary swank you know biting off more than she could chew with these kids but what she does i love the scene where she distributes journals to each and every one of these kids and she's like listen if you can't tell me what's going on write it down write it down in this journal right pour everything out and let me know what's going on i'll read them at the end of the day i'll grade them whatever she does with them and that's when she really you know i love that that coincides with the title freedom writers because she literally lets these kids be themselves and vent to her it's like a therapy session on paper you know what i'm saying by by way of an ink pen and i think that's a really nice gesture um you know, in the movie and just uh, as, as a person to do in general, because you got to get through to the kids somehow. And I feel like when she gives them the journals, then that's a, they start to open up a lot more. You find out that there's a Spanish girl who kind of headlines the, the, the kids in the movie, her Mario. And there's this short kid. I can't, I can't really remember. Is his, is his name Scott Glenn? God damn it. I can't. I'm bad with these names in this movie in particular, but there are certain kids that are headlining this movie. I want to say maybe there's a big boy in there, a big light-skinned boy in there. There's a Mario, there's a Spanish girl, and there's the short dude that Mario's always arguing with. Those are like the four kids that really headline this thing here. But I feel like when, when they get those notebooks and they start writing things, they start being more expressive, like more vocal with Hilary Swank's character. You know, Patrick Dempsey, of course, I, I don't remember if that's her husband or her boyfriend in the movie, but he's kind of like, you can't teach these kids. What are you, what are, what type of shit are you on right here? It's not, there's nothing left to do for these kids. He's kind of like the Debbie Downer character. And it's, it's, it's hit or miss because Scott Dempsey's, uh, Scott Dempsey, Patrick Dempsey's a great actor, but, you know, the Debbie Downer just always milking the positive out of a situation is very overwhelming in a movie like this. So with that being said, 
how bad are these kids? I'm going to tell y'all straight up. I love this movie, but these kids are puppy dogs in comparison to the, even com in comparison to good kids like Light It Up or Dangerous Minds. These kids are not rowdy to me these kids are not bad by the time i feel like i was desensitized to movies like this by the time i saw this in 2007 or 2008 when it when, when i actually saw it on tv and i was just like even back then i'm like these kids aren't nothing i haven't really seen before these kids aren't really intimidated which was fine because it's more of a light-hearted type of take on this type of um this type of genre where a teacher isn't over her head and tries to get through to students you know she doesn't have to kill any of them she doesn't have to restrain any of them at most she has to yell at them and she she does a little bit of that but i you know you know that that raises the last question could i deal with these kids absolutely i would love to to teach these kids man i would love to distribute them journals and have that same outcome because these kids ain't tough these kids ain't tough i i just did not see these kids as tough guys at all now before i close out this episode people i do have to make an honorable mention here which was only the strong now only the strong um mark the costco's who's one of the most underrated martial artists of all time. He was not a teacher, but he was more so a, 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 they kept calling him maestre. He was um, a martial arts instructor. So, you know, when the kids had like gym or something like that, that's what he was hired to do. Those kids aren't really terrible at all either. The only one that was um really, really about that life was, uh, God damn! I almost called him Primo. What 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 the hell is his name? Is it Orlando? So oh god, I can't remember his name. I know the his his cousin's big cousin's name was um Silvero Oliveres. But whatever the main guy's name is, um the 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 main student. Once you get that dragon sword knife from the black dragon away from him, you know the one that Kano had in uh, the first Mortal Kombat movie. Once you get that away from him, he's a good kid. Oh, his name is Orlando. Orlando Oliveras. There we go. So, um, yeah, but I had to make only the strong and honorable mention because, that you know, even though he's a martial arts teacher, he's still a teacher that's trying to whip these kids into shape. Uh, it would have been interesting to see him become an actual teacher, like in a sequel or later on in the movie, maybe like a, you know, like an extra hour or two or something, because I definitely would have watched that. But only the strong is definitely an honorable mention here. But those kids are way more dangerous than the kids in Freedom Riders, and that's not really saying much. But still love all the movies that I mentioned, people. But in closing... I just want to send a prayer for these teachers, man. And I want to say a prayer for not only the teachers, but a, but these badass kids. The badass kids. Listen, y'all going to be all right, man. Y'all going to be all right. And teachers, bear with these badass kids. But then there's another question I forgot. I almost forgot this. I almost wrapped up and did my outro without asking this last question. Who are the worst of the bunch who are the worst kids is it only the strong as the honorable mention is it freedom riders is it light it up is it the substitute is it dangerous minds is it lean on me can i use you know a uh, dead poet society as an honorable mention fuck no the, the worst kids on this list are the kids from 187 hands down like i said there is a spot below hell for them type of kids man they are wilding in that movie and i wouldn't go nowhere near them I don't need no no arrest record for beating one of these kids to death. I don't need it on my conscience, man. 
I got shit to live for out here. Them kids obviously do not. Cesar does not because he was all for a game of Russian roulette and all types of shit. Benny didn't give a fuck about nothing that was going on. His ankle house arrest bracelet was going off and he caught a body pump like four shots into the fat ball that was spray painting over their shit. Pump like four shots into him before he walked off. I was like, man, if I don't get home, my PO is going to kill me. Bop, 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 bop. And I'm like, what's up with these kids? Like, what, your, upbring, your upbringing wasn't that bad, bro. It was not that bad. Y'all niggas is just gangster for no reason. Turn, there, there's got to be an off switch at some point. And I would not deal with them. Them kids from 187, I'm telling y'all, are by far the worst on this list, man. Fuck them kids, man. The movie's great. Like I said, I recommend the movie. But those kids are just absolutely atrocious in every every sense of the word, man. But again, you know, this is, this is like social commentary, people. This is very much real life, man. Um, so, no, I'm really really saying prayers up for the teachers not just for in, in situations like that but just in general man because you know something as small as uh it's, it's not really small but something as small as a uh, virtual learning is just being so uh chaotic for these teachers man so i, I feel for y'all man but and, and the kids too it ain't that bad more so the high school kids the other kids got time to even though you're supposed to nip it in the bud early get out the way early but you know these kids out here it ain't that bad man Stay in school, you know, listen to, I don't know if y'all still got the D.A.R.E. program, uh, you know, with the Tiger, and they have some, a, a, a D.A.R.E. program representative come in, stay off, stay off them tweeds, and don't experiment with anything else, you know, stay, stay off the devil's wine and all that shit, man, stay on, stay on your straight, narrow path, and don't be like them kids from 187, don't, if you're gonna be like any kids that I mentioned on this list, be a combination of the kids from Freedom Riders and Lean On Me, and I say that because, right, that's the best advice I can give somebody. Some of the best advice is write. Just write it down. You can't talk to nobody. Just write it down. And the reason I make the comparison to the uh, the lean on me kids is because they passed the skills test. Y'all gotta ace them them testuses and them scores and shit, man. Y'all got it. Y'all be all right. Just don't be like the motherfucking one eight seven kids, man. They're awful. They're terrible. And they're they're an abomination to uh you know to cinematic teachers all over the world. But that is all for that episode people and y'all already know where to go and if y'all don't it ain't east side high don't go there and do not go to parkmont or or lincoln whatever the fucking high schools are they mentioned in these movies just stay clear from them where y'all can go is actually there was something i wanted to say beforehand and i actually just i had another brain fart moment god damn it i'm doing that a lot it's because the coffee is non-existent today people but y'all know where to go, man. Y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Podbean. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram for Meryl Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. And shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Horror Virus. And last but not least, man, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. Again, man, thank you guys so much for continuously tuning in and getting us to that 6K mark. Actually, we are at 6 point two today the other day the numbers spiked man they spiked and i'm loving it i'm loving it man i'm loving the fact that you guys are really enjoying these episodes man uh so greatly appreciate it man and i promise y'all i would you know i know i was talking my shit saying that i really wanted to take a hiatus because there's a lot of shit going on there's a lot of changes about to be made um just life-wise in general 
but this is my therapy man i wasn't being realistic when i said that yeah it's healthy to take a break a sabbatical if you will from you know what you're doing from 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 work and what you love to do and stuff like that but that's not realistic for me personally because again this is my therapy man i I get this content out to y'all and i feel good about it y'all give me feedback from time to time like i i really enjoy it man it's it, it is the most peace of mind that uh that i could have and that i could ask for man and i appreciate you guys so much for that man and you guys already know the love and support y'all show me i show it back to y'all tenfold and then some so that being said people yours truly romero tutor another episode of tutor reviews in the can i'll check y'all on the next one